welcome to the Old Soul Movie Podcast, your number one spot for classic movie rewatches and breakdowns. My name is Jack Oremus, and I'm here with my sister, Emma Oremus. We decided that we wanted to make a show that reflected our love and appreciation for classic movies. And while you're here, hopefully we can share that together as an Old Soul family. We're going to be diving into these movies scene by scene and giving our modern reactions to the films that have influenced generations of people. There will be fun facts, hot takes, tears, laughter, and everything in between. And with that being said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Old Soul Movie Podcast. And today, we are truly showing off how niche we can get. We are going to be covering quite the old sitcom, Leave it to Beaver, specifically the episode In the Soup, one of the most iconic episodes of the entire series. And along with that, we are going to be talking a little bit about our fall movie recommendations. Emma, how are you today? I'm good. You guys, we have a very cozy episode in store for you. Uh, so definitely grab some tea. I have mine right here, some hot cocoa, maybe apple crisp, cuddle up in your sweater and a blanket and uh, get ready for some fun. Leave it to beaver memories and some fall film recommendations. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Geez, we we started watching this at a pretty young age. I'm Definitely. really happy that you know our parents introduced us to such a unique TV show. This is just so <laughs> I don't know, like such a staple sort of kind of American thing, maybe. Absolutely, I feel like we. I feel like I remember watching more shows from the 50s and 60s and 70s more than the shows that actually came out when I was a kid. So I don't know. So this for me is very nostalgic because it brings me back to my childhood. There's probably a lot of you out there who don't know what Leave it to Beaver is exactly. So Emma, could you please explain for the audience what exactly Leave it to Beaver is? Oh, yes, I certainly can. Leave it to Beaver is a black and white American television situational comedy, otherwise known as a sitcom, broadcast between 1957 and 1963. And it tells the story of young Theodore, a.k.a. Beaver Cleaver, and the adventures of boyhood in his neighborhood. And this is an iconic American show. This really, in particular, kind of set the tone and created a picture of what the ideal suburban family was like in the mid 20th century in the United States. And the Cleavers exemplified that in every way with Ward, the father, June, the mother, Wally, the older brother, all-American kid, and Beaver, the mischievous younger brother. <laughs> so um, it's it really, really was kind of a crazy cultural moment for us. So even when the show ended in 1963, it was still quite popular. And the reason they ended it was because it kind of reached a natural conclusion of things with Wally going off to college and Beaver about to enter high school. Actors getting old, <laughs> essentially. Yes, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it kind of had a natural, like, okay, part of ways. This episode in particular really stands out. 
Uh, this is season four, episode 32, by the way. Leave It really separated Leave It to Beaver from the other sitcoms of the time because it did such an enormous gag. It wasn't just little tricks here and there. This, w- this involved a billboard. And this episode also cost $40,000 to produce. $40,000. That's insane. Yeah. Um, more than any other in the entire rest of the series. Jerry Mathers actually confirmed that in his memoir and Jerry Mathers as Beaver. And this, just a side note, uh, there were two different houses on the show. This is a house on Pine Street and not the original, the original Mapleton house with the white picket fence. So if you're watching and you're like, what? Uh, that might Beaver's be moved. The, yes, Beaver <laughs> moved. Uh, but yeah, this is a classic. I mean, come on. It features kids being playing pranks, guy girl party, parents doing their darndest to keep their kids in line. <laughs> what more could you ask for? Quite the, uh, quite the wholesome lesson I would add at the end of everything as well. Yes, <laughs> I would this, say this from entire... our favorite ward. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this entire show is quite wholesome. <laughs> It's almost too wholesome, everyone. You're going to watch it and you're just going to be shaking your head. If you're especially watching it for the first time in today's era, you're going to think it's almost like a parody, I I think. (laughs) It's just so different than anything you would find on TV today that it it really is sort of eye-opening for how it was sort of back in the day, what people watched. But you know what? In the same vein of movies being a little tricky with their content... I almost feel like the mind just naturally dirties this up a little bit, especially oh, anytime they talk about the nickname, the Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like June telling Ward that he went a little hard on the Bieber last night. Classic American joke. <laughs> <laughs> but keep going. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So just a little tiny rundown of our, Cleaver family. We have Barbara Billingsley, coolest lady ever, as June Cleaver. We have Hugh Beaumont as Ward Cleaver, Tony Dow as Wally Cleaver, Jerry Mathers as the Beaver, and Ken Osmond as Eddie Haskell, whose name is synonymous with uh, an insincere flatterer. Uh, Ken Osmond actually died earlier this year in May, so that was very sad. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, Eddie Haskell. A lot of these people are just super, super old now, as you could probably assume. Beaver, Jerry Mathers, is actually 72 years old at on, what, September 14th, 2020. So, I mean, just think about that when you're watching it and you're like, wow, like he's so young looking. <laughs> I don't know. It uh, It's pretty crazy just thinking about like that era and then how fast time can go. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, yeah, so let's get into the rewatch. Oh uh, my the, goodness, yes. <laughs> the intro is everything. The introduction to this family, what a, what a start. This is sort of a weird thing for me because when I thought back to this episode, it was sort of like a Berenstein Bears moment for me because <laughs> we have this- Isn't it Berenstein Bears? Yes, exactly. So everyone, everyone remembers it being the, the, the Stein, but I think it is Stain. In fact, let me just quick Google search. Oh yeah. Baron Stain. Yeah. yeah. I know there was a little bit of a Mandela effect going yes. on here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the Mandela effect for me with this episode in particular was that I thought that it was a coffee cup and I could have sworn that it was a coffee cup 
that that is because the movie version of this that they did was a coffee cup was a coffee cup ah okay that's yeah. why that is why <laughs> oh but i mean that just goes to show you that from i don't know multiple seasons that this was just such an iconic scene and such an iconic kind of plot point that it really i don't know you could use it multiple times and i think I don't know, still have it be effective. But yeah, the thing that really struck me about this was how much later the the soup, the soup <laughs> billboard really comes into play. Like I for, I can I long time since I watched this for the first time. So I kind of forgot exactly what the the plot was throughout this mm-hmm. episode. And so I totally forgot that while I was trying to have, you know, a mixed scandalous girl boy party oh, his first boy girl party and since, yeah since he was I, like 12 years old i was dying when um while he was trying to convince june for the party and he's like oh we'll be playing records and stuff and i was like yeah stuff i've <laughs> seen greece i know what happens at those guy girl parties in the 50s <laughs> oh wally think he's gonna pull a fast one on ward but i know ward <laughs> I know Ward. I know what Dirty Dog Ward was back in the day. <laughs> so let's not June get... June too. I think June was like probably even more saucy. Oh, definitely. I mean, you saw when Ward came back early from work. I think they were ready to, you know... Oh my gosh. <laughs> go off camera for a minute. <laughs> Those two. Wow, but, wow, wow. Yeah, essentially, Wally is trying to have a party. And <laughs> he's trying to, you know, pull the classic like teenager the parents will never understand what like i'm getting at sort of deal but (laughs) that's like his whole motivation for the entire episode is he's trying to throw this banger this 1960s banger um 1961 exactly in his house on a friday night with all Mm -hmm. his boys maybe some girls and he's trying to get ward june and somehow beaver out of the house. So <laughs> what about the beaver? Yeah, I, what about the beaver? <laughs> I just I just die. Like I don't know. <laughs> Having so that as funny. a nickname, I just feel like would be so unfortunate. How did some of these kids get these nicknames? Beaver, Lumpy. You know what? I mean, Whitey Whitney kind of makes sense, but there there is an origin story for the name Beaver, and I will say it right now. So it doesn't come until the uh, the finale sort of of the show and the writers invented sort of an explanation for the nickname. And that is as a young child, Wally mispronounced Beaver's given name, Theodore as tweeter. And this became Beaver. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Jerry Mathers Beaver actually kind of said that after six years and 234 episodes, the writers could have come up with a better origin story. So he wasn't too happy with it. I completely but, agree with Jerry Mathers. Yeah, that like, is lame sauce. Like you couldn't, I don't know. That's kind of lame, kind of a letdown. It's, you know, it, maybe it's realistic because it's just so innocent in a way, but come on, mm, this is, go big or go home. How, I just don't know how Tweeter turns into Beaver. Tweeter, tw- Beaver. Yeah, it's just, it's a stretch. It's yeah. a stretch. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But that is some good knowledge to know. Yeah, I mean, I will say that if you were wondering how on earth this kid got the unfortunate nickname of Beaver, 
that's why his older brother used to call him tweeter. So <laughs> there you go. Classic. And then Beaver, Beaver's too good. He knows what's up with Wally's party. And uh, basically the uh, Cleaver family arranges to get the Beaver out of the house. Yeah. So how are they going to get the Beaver out of the house? Of course, they're going to talk to one of his good friends, Whitey, because why not have another... <laughs> another nickname in the, uh, in the fray here. (laughs) And, you know, Whitey is not, not quite a straight shooter. He's a little bit of a troublemaker himself, but absolutely. This kid's a trickster. You can just tell, but you know, a nice little sleepover doesn't sound like a bad idea. So Beaver and Whitey, you know, just bounce, they bounce for the Friday night. And as they're walking over to Whitey's house, they come across a new three-dimensional billboard advertising canned soup. And the cool okay. thing, yeah, Emma, yeah. What are your thoughts on this billboard? This is actually a pretty amazing billboard. It, I gotta really say, yeah. I mean, it would make me buy some Zesto soup in case any of you collect tidbits of information for trivia nights. That is the name of the soup on the billboard, Zesto Soups. Um, and already take a look at this gendering of advertisement. Just in this episode, we're having this ad featuring a woman holding the soup, therefore still reinforcing the message of keeping women in the house, in the kitchen. Really, truly amazing cultural archaeology we have here. Definitely. Also worth mentioning now that we're sort of talking about inclusivity is that there's no African-American people anywhere to be found in this episode, or maybe in all of Leave it to Beaver for that. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember I think seeing anybody of any sort of other ethnicity other than Caucasian on this. So there it's it's a very white show, everyone. It's an extremely white show. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't that have been fun to have had like a black cast is the or cool to have had that. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean it, it would throw a nice mix into it. I think if the if Leave It to Beaver came out today and like someone modeled the sitcom exactly yeah, how it yeah, was. Yeah. But like a with, like a reboot. <laughs> yeah. So this this billboard is low-key pretty impressive. And honestly, I don't know why there isn't more sort of like 3D elements to billboards now to make them slightly more interesting. It's only been what, like a hundred years since mm. the first billboards came out. So I maybe mean, they're worried that kids will crawl into them. <laughs> maybe, maybe this, maybe this episode just like nixed the idea altogether because yeah, there's steam coming out of this cup, which is a pretty cool concept, honestly, if you're very cool, some soup, but of course, as kids do, they wonder whether or not there's actually some soup inside of the cup, this gigantic cup on this billboard. And Whitey tells Beaver that there is Beaver says that there isn't. And as you guessed it, Whitey basically dares Beaver to go into the cup and see for himself whether or not there actually is soup. Yes. Okay. So a couple things here. A, I don't want to like blame the billboard makers, but it kind of seems like this was perfectly built for climbing. <laughs> like, yeah. The trellis leads to the arm. The arm somehow has some way to crawl up it into the soup. It was, uh, you know, a little tempting there if you're a, if you're a troublemaker. And, uh, this is a little bit of a, you know, I don't know how to, not so much devil's advocate question, but do you think, I think that Whitey absolutely knew what he was doing and tricking Beaver in there. Do you think there's any, any chance Whitey was innocent of this 
there's like <laughs> the there's scandal. two there's two moments that sort of contradict themselves and in the whole kind of episode with Whitey. And the first one is Whitey saying, oh, I'm the stupid kid. Like he knows, like, I don't know, Beaver said something along the lines of prove that you're a stupid kid while he's climbing up. And then Whitey's like, oh yeah, you're going to prove that I'm the stupid kid. And so I think from that, that line was Whitey knowing like in the back of his head, like, yeah, there's obviously no soup in there. I just want to see Beaver, (laughs) you know, climb up this billboard. Yeah. Then there was something that happened later on in the episode, which made it sound like Whitey might've thought that there was some soup in there. But I think that Whitey had to know. Whitey had to know. You just want to see, you just want to see Beaver, you know, make a fool out of himself, (laughs) which he did. So he was a terrible friend. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, between Eddie Haskell and Whitey, I couldn't imagine, like, <laughs> there, there is, a, there has to be some sort of yang to the ying, ying to the ying and yeah. all this. So, uh, yeah, they, they all balance each other out. And I also will say, as terrible of a human being as Eddie Haskell is, he is hilarious. And I think that <laughs> his little snippets of commentary were just golden in this. Oh, they were, I know. That's what would make, I think, a modern audience person laugh. Just like great antagonist. I loved it. Oh, totally, totally. So yeah, also we need to, you know, spring back to the Cleaver household where, you know, Wally, Ward, and June are sort of setting up for this huge party on a Friday night and no one's coming. I think that June secretly relishes using the nickname the Beaver. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I think she does. I think she does too. But poor Wally. Wally's looking good. Wally is all dressed up. He's in a suit. He is like, guys, we're here to party. <laughs> this is not just like a, a little kickback. This man <sighs> is getting getting ready for, for some sort of action. Yeah, I have to say, I, I was quite impressed with how dressed up these young gentlemen were. Um, I thought it was so classy that everyone was wearing suits for this party. And he even shaved. What you don't you don't see that uh behavior necessarily from the youngins all the time. I love Ward's commentary. He was like, uh, or I think it was June began it, but she was saying, Ward, Wally is uh, shaving right now. Does he really need to be doing that? And Ward went something along the lines of, yeah, he asked me if he should. And I didn't have the heart to tell him that <laughs> he didn't need to. So I said, go ahead. And I just, I thought that was so funny. I was like, uh, you know, I probably do the same thing. Word, Word's a great guy. I love Ward. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, this party is sort of kind of uh, dull for the moment because one, it's only his parents. And I think anybody would be <laughs> thinking that it's not really a lit party when it's just you and your parents. But then his buddy comes by and... Lumpy. Lumpy. Exactly. A- another... The most unfortunate nickname, perhaps. Strange, strange nickname where you don't even want to know probably where that origin is from. And he tells the Cleavers that there's a young kid stranded inside of a bowl of soup. And so naturally, the entire family goes and they have to check out this scene, what is happening with this kid in this bowl of soup. But they don't know it's Beaver at this moment. Yikes. I think, I think June secretly knows. I think she, I think, you know, you, you see the light bulb starting to flicker in her head and she, I think she turns it off on purpose because she's too afraid. Also, I have this question for you. Do you (laughs) think that Whitey's parents did the right thing with not calling the cleavers? 
what they oh, learned. Wow. <laughs> this is an interesting question. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Whitey. Whitney. Let's just, Whitney, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It, yeah, yeah, whatever their names are. Yeah, they're in a pretty interesting predicament. And mm-hmm. I could not imagine not calling the other parents because then if something, if something happens, then it's sort of on you. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh no, we don't want to trouble the cleavers. Let's just go, you know, get them ourselves. And who called the, who, who called the fire department? It had to be the whiteys. Yeah. So absolutely. So why not call the cleavers? Exactly. You, you, you want the whole town to see your kid in a (laughs) cup. (laughs) (laughs) And Whitey is such a scumbag, you know, lying about, <laughs> oh no, he, like, he did it himself. I would never, you know, dare him to go up there like, oh, shut up. And so I, I like Eddie Haskell more than Whitey. I oh my will- God. Eddie Haskell's the best. Eddie has some great moments too in this too. His quote of like some kids in a coffee cup. And yeah. then he's like, he flips some, the switch so quick. Some dumb kids got stuck in a coffee cup. To, and then he's like, he said that to Wally and then he sees Ward, Mr. Cleaver. And he's like, Mr. Cleaver, some poor young child just got stuck in that coffee or that I keep on a coffee cup <laughs> cup up there. I sure hope he's okay. It's like, it's great. You know, it's great back and forth banter, but yeah, I mean, oh, also worth mentioning. We didn't say this before, but Beaver couldn't get out of the coffee cup because he wasn't there are things online that say he wasn't tall enough, but I will argue that he just wasn't strong enough. He, <laughs> I agree. He, he could have, you know, like pushed himself out of that coffee cup if he if he could have. His arms were like dangling off his up to his shoulders, but the, the kid's got no upper body. <laughs> he's like eight years old, so uh, there's no no chance that he's coming out of there. Uh, I agree with you. I I think that he was indeed quite tall enough. He just didn't have the push up pull up muscles necessary. Yeah. Um, so the fire department comes and it's humiliating for the beaver, but I love the line of they finally come down and the fireman is like, you better be more careful next time. And I'm like, next time what? for what? Yeah. I said the same thing. I was next like, time. when's the next time I'm going to be stuck in this situation? Next time oh. he climbs a billboard? Like, yeah, hope, hopefully next never. Next time he has soup? I, I don't know. Yeah. Also, I think Wally has somewhat of a violence issue. He keeps talking about how he's going to slug his friends or like, like hit them. And I mean, I will say that he is like kind of protective over, uh, over the beaver. Also, I think it's hilarious that you have to call him the beaver, not just beaver. Um, <laughs> that makes the nickname like 10 times funnier. Where's the, where's the beaver? Where's the beaver at? Um, I worry the beaver will embarrass me. <laughs> yeah. It's not a nickname like Jim. Or you know Ed, it's the Beaver. So it's it's kind of it's kind of epic, honestly. But yeah, so Wally, June, and uh, our our old man Ward, they all see Beaver coming down. You know, dejected from his uh, I guess his climb from the the billboard. And then you know Ward kind of has the uh, the right idea. He's like, let's just go home. And I love the kid. I love the kid coming up to him asking for his autograph. I think that's classic. Great, I, great I, addition. Yeah, I also love the Beaver's response. Like, let's not be a wise guy here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's like grown so much wiser within yeah. the span of this night. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. So, oh, and the fact that what he goes and still has the sleepover 
Like, yeah, no chance. I'm going in my own bed and never leaving my room for at least a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, Be- sorry, Beaver. You uh, you actually have to go. You know, continue your sleepover. So while I can go bang out with some uh, some 1960s, you know. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, yeah. Suggesting that Wally needed Beaver to leave so he could have Beaver at his house. I think Wally needed an open house. I think he was. Uh, I think he was quite adamant on being alone in the house. I think so too. I, I to be a fly on the wall at that teen party. A part of me thinks it'd be super cringe. Oh, there would be a lot of shoulders exposed. You think? <laughs> maybe, maybe some knees. I don't know. I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think there could be quite the scandal if uh, if Ward and June decided to crash it for some reason. I would have loved that. That would have been great. That, that's just the thing. You never see kind of scandalous moments during the fifties and sixties. So, like when I think of scandalous moments, the only thing I think of is Back to the Future when uh, Marty's with his mom in the car and she's like trying to get it on with him. That's the only like semi scandalous scene Mm -hmm. from that era I can think of. You just, you just don't see it, but it would be hilarious to watch like (laughs) some teenagers trying to, I don't know, flirt and (laughs) I don't know, do the dirty. And be crashed by the parents. Yeah, I know. Well, speaking of, I like your back to the future reference because it kind of circles us back to the moral of the story here. Uh, Little beaver cleaver has a, a bit of Marty McFly and him where when he's called chicken, oh, he's, he's got to take on that dare. And wow. Ward decides to set him straight and give some of the best advice in this whole series. Great advice. You know, timeless, timeless advice from Ward. And Emma, what is that advice? Ward declares, try to improve yourself, not prove yourself. Oh. And I was like, ooh, Ward, that's some good advice. It's so simple, so pure, but so relevant yeah. Yeah, to, to, to anything in life. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I mean, Ward obviously has his head on straight. I think he's gained a lot of wisdom with age. I love how Beaver says, you know, he'll, he'll never be as wise with him or whatever. <laughs> I can't remember what Beaver says at the very end, but, you know, it's a great father-son moment. And uh, you know, just the uh, extra sweetness that you didn't need from an already very mm-hmm. sweet show. So, <laughs> yeah, I actually I would have loved a girl version of this, like during the '50s, '60s, like two sisters and some mother daughter moments. I think that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, nice, but, nice, uh, wholesome nuclear American family sitcom. Uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a great great show. This is one of the most iconic episodes. If you're going to watch one episode of Leave It to Beaver. It has to be this one. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll see like all the characters that you need to see and everyone sort of in their element. It's, it's great. So love it. Love it. It also has an 8.9 out of 10 on IMDb, on IMDb. Super high rating. So yeah, leave it to be for everyone. 1957 and 1963. What a great show. Available on Amazon Prime Video for $1.99. You got to buy it, but do it. You know, it's two, two bucks. bucks. It's two yeah. bucks. Like just, just, just do it. So yeah, Emma. And is there anything else that you want to talk about when it comes to the beaver or are you ready to move on to our fall recommendations? I'm so excited for that. Yes, me too. I, well, yes. Leave it to beaver is such a great show. Definitely check it out. If you haven't seen it, if you want to see some prime 
mid-century America. Check it out. And that's a you know great fall episode and <laughs> makes you want to curl up in a little bowl of soup. And speaking of curling up with a bowl of soup, fall is one of my favorite times of year and one of my favorite times for movies. Um, this actually was really fun thinking about our fall movie recommendations because it helped me put together a little bit of a fall checklist for myself or what movies I want to make sure I watch this season. Um, So hopefully this checklist kind of helps you out. So when I did my list, I actually did one. I did at least one movie from each decade um, from the 50s through 2019. What are your recommendations? Okay. Okay. Here we go. So for fall, autumn movies to check out this season. Um, Starting with the 50s, my first recommendation is definitely The Trouble with Harry from 1955. It's directed by Alfred Hitchcock. This is a really unique one because it's kind of Alfred Hitchcock's only rom-com. It's a very dark rom-com given, but it's kind of fun. And it's about um, kind of the love mishaps and get-togethers in this small New England town. And in the background, there's a dead body that everyone's dealing with. (laughs) So it's kind of a dark premise, but the scenery in this movie is beyond gorgeous. This is the movie that made me want to go to Vermont and Connecticut for, to see the, the leaves change. It's just beautiful. The colors in this film, the the small town feel, it is just absolutely stunning. If you want to get into the fall mood, definitely check this out or at least have it going in the background. It's just really pretty scenery. My other 50s recommendation would be, this is kind of a weird one, but Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And this originally was not on my list until I watched it last night and I was having a great time. This movie goes against so many of my feminist values, I feel like, but it's such a guilty pleasure because you have this very independent young woman thrown into this very (laughs) sexist household of men. And it's a very cute musical. The barn raising scene is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I know we have a schedule to keep Jack, but um, I would not be opposed to covering this at some point this fall. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's really amazing. And you know what? And it takes you from like the fall through the next spring. So it kind of, for some weird reason, it helps me kind of get in the mindset of hunkering down, <laughs> like starting yeah. in fall through winter and getting excited for spring eventually. So I don't know. That's kind of how I feel with that one. And for 1960, my pick would be Psycho, another Alfred Hitchcock movie. This just, for me, just screams... Halloween. I just love it to death. It's one of the best murder mystery type films ever to me. So very cool. In the 70s, I have Young Frankenstein, 1974. It's a great this one. Is an awesome comedy. It's so cool. I love it because they shot it in black and white. So it has this old feel, but a little bit of that fresher 70s humor and raunchiness. Uh, it's amazing. It's such a cool take on Frankenstein, that concept. Um, So I love it. I also have National Lampoon's Animal House, 1978 for the 70s, if you kind of want that little college yeah, yeah, back to school, collegiate feel. That's a, you know, a classic. How could you not love it? For the 80s, I've got a lot of 80s ones, I feel like. 
um, St. Elmo's fire, young graduates from Georgetown, just trying to navigate young adulthood in the fall. Amazing. The Witches of Eastwick, 1987. Another absolutely visually stunning fall film to me. The leaves in this film are on point. You have an amazing performance by Cher, Jack Nicholson. It's one of those that I definitely uh, make sure I cross off. Beetlejuice, 1988. Uh, (laughs) Need I say more? The music in this, Michael Keaton. Oh my gosh. It's incredible. This is just one of those spooky, dark, but comedic, visually gorgeous Tim Burton fantasy wonders that you just can't help but love. Yeah, it's very Tim Burton-y, I would say. It's, it's a, that's a fun one, too. Yes, absolutely. And then I also, for the 80s, have Dead Poets Society, 1989. Beautiful, beautiful, also kind of a dark, dramatic film. Robin Williams at his best. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, if I can interject here for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Dead Poet Society. Saw it in high school and oh my goodness. Life-changing. Yeah. It, it is not what you will expect. Mm-hmm. I will say that you will go into it maybe expecting something different because it's Robin Williams, but I think it's one of Robin Williams' best performances. I think it's it's great. Like it shows another another side of him, which he does show mm-hmm. from time to time, mm-hmm. this more serious, dramatic side. But, oh, Captain, my Captain. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a truly amazing showcase of his versatility as a performer. Yeah, and then um, for the 90s, I have Silence of the Lambs, 1991, another very creepy, cool thriller, psychological intrigue it's yeah i mean i'm obsessed with silence of the lambs one of my favorites of all time we are definitely gonna have to cover that at some point um i have the nightmare before christmas 1993 an animated one if you're looking for something a little animated and more tim burton magic we have casper 1995 yes this is a kids movie but i still think it's fun I love it. I go out of my way to watch it. It's just, it's fun. It's so cute. It brings you back to your childhood. And then for our 2000s, we have Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in 2001. Oh my gosh. This is like the the Halloween scene in this. Oh, like Harry getting his letter and on the train to Hogwarts. Come on. It doesn't get more magical than that, quite literally. And then we have Coco, 2017. Another animated favorite of mine. This is a this one pulls to the heartstrings. It's so beautiful. It really makes you appreciate family and I don't know, and and memories and tradition. It's just a really beautiful movie. I do recommend it. And then uh, most recently, I would recommend Knives Out from 2019. This is just such a cool movie. It's so like genre bending and turning. You have some great performances. Chris Evans, I think, shines in it for sure. Daniel Craig, come on. Yeah, it's a very cool murder mystery, but not murder mystery, but murder mystery movie. Yeah, no, definitely. Those are uh, those are all all fire suggestions. Definitely some overlap, I'd say, with mine. <laughs> the ones that definitely stand out to me. I don't have as many, but I will say, if you want to just have a fun September October fall fest with some wholesome frights, definitely watch <laughs> Casper. Casper is yes. great. Our I think our tradition of Casper 
Mickey's House of Villains, Haunted oh, Mansion, yeah. and Hocus Pocus. Like, oh. it doesn't get much better than than that. At least for me, I think it, definitely because it, it brings us uh, back to childhood and good memories of you know family road trips up to Wisconsin to pick up pumpkins and stuff. But a lot of great great cartoons that are Halloween related from Mickey's House of Villains, which so it, good. It's it, it's a great show. Mickey's House of Mouse is great, but. I mean, let's be real. Anything that is a Halloween special is bound to be one of the best episodes. So <laughs> great, great cartoons in that. Uh, like you said, Casper, super fun, super cute. Uh, everyone loves the blonde kid in it. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know who the actor is. <laughs> oh, gosh. What was his kid? He was such a 90s heartthrob, though. Yeah. No, the hair is, uh, hair is on point. <laughs> and I will say, if you look up any of these movies, there's a good chance that all of the ratings for them are going to be pretty low. But it, they're just great, like fun movies, especially if you're kind of in the mood for something a little bit more light, childish, or if you just don't like scary movies and you, you still sort of want to participate in the Halloween action or feel like you are. These are great. I mean, The Haunted Mansion, Eddie Murphy, I think is hilarious in it. And, I, I actually do like that one a lot. And how about 2003, Haunted Mansion, African-American family? Like, yeah, that's cool. That, that is cool. Kind of ahead of its time in a way. Or just like more inclusive. Plus Marsha Thomason, the the wife, Sarah Evers. <laughs> Love it. She's but, gorgeous. Uh, and then, yeah, Young Frankenstein, great. Definitely watch that. And last but not least, Hocus Pocus. How does it get any better? Uh, it's the best. Best Halloween movie ever. Best movie ever. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a great one. There's There's so many, you know, great fall movies out there. Just get in the spirit. Get a candle. Go do whatever you can, as much as you can. And the circumstances that we have today to enjoy the the festivities of fall. It's my favorite time of the year. So uh, I will definitely be watching a lot of these movies or at least have them on in the background to sort of set the mood. So yes, Emma, do you have anything else to say before we uh, sign off here? No, this was such a fun little episode. Please let us know what your favorite fall, autumn, seasonal movie is. Let us know if any of the ones we mentioned is one you'd like us to cover this season. Um, and let us know your favorite Leave it to Beaver episode. And just like Ward Cleaver said, folks, don't try to prove yourself, but work to improve yourself. Also, don't forget to give us a rating down below. Give us some five stars. Leave a nice little review for us. Uh, check us out on social media, Old Soul Movie Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Old Soul Movie Podcast. You'll be able to find it. And don't forget to tell a friend, someone who you think will either love Leave it to Beaver or someone who you know loves the fall season and needs to have more fall movies in their life. So, all right. Until next time, guys. Take care.